0: I'm your host, Aaron Rittmaster. Welcome to the Man Cave, where we're recording the Diz Dads podcast, episode number 28. Tonight, we're continuing our Blue Sky series, taking a wishful thinking look at the Walt Disney World theme parks. Tonight, I have with me Dave Compton. Hello. Groover 2 on the boards. uh, Jason Knox. Hello. Bo Duke on the boards. And Nathan Trent. Hello on the boards, and we'll be discussing today a blue sky look at Epcot. Now, before we get to the meat of this podcast, we need to remind you all that the Diz Dads podcast is now sponsored by Fairytale Journeys, an authorized Disney travel planner. I and several podcast panelists have joined the Fairytale Journeys team, and we'd love to help you put together your next magical Disney vacation. Check us out at fairytalejourneys.com or the fairy tale Journeys by Diz Dads page at dizdads.com. We'll sweat the details so you don't have to. Alright guys, so tonight we're taking a wishful thinking look at Epcot, which is sort of the quintessential wishful thinking park. Um, it maybe didn't come out quite the way that uh, Walt envisioned it when he first laid out the Florida Project, but half of the park is is future world it was always intended to be a, a forward-looking park and so let's see what we can come up with in a sort of long view what we would like to see happening in the epcot theme park you know 20-25 years down the road everybody al- ready and al- along for the ride
1: let's do it all yeah, right let's go for it
0: so we'll start little get bigger as we go and let's start with what what attraction show or restaurant just needs to go um you know 20 25 years down the road it will no longer be able to really connect with uh the message of Epcot or the theme of Epcot and it's beyond refurb what it what do we need you know what needs to go um dave what do you think
1: um my thoughts is captain eo um Granted, they brought it back, I guess it's going on about a year now, it's been back um, ever since the uh, passing of Michael Jackson, and it, it, it's interesting, because even watching it on touring plans, it's only about a five to ten minute wait, it, it's never a huge wait, so it's just not getting the uh, attraction of people that they, uh, they would expect, and it, it's a big area where I think they could put something else in there. Definitely.
0: Okay. Okay. I can appreciate that. It really is kind of back now for nostalgic purposes and, you know, 20 years down the road, the nostalgia is, is probably worn off a bit. Um, anybody else have a an element, uh, a traction ride, restaurant, something in Epcot um, that, you know, 20, 25 years from now needs to go?
2: You know, I, I was... Dave took mine, but I I agree with him. It's, it's, you know, it it was brought back for nostalgia. It was brought back because he passed away. It's, you know, they said they were going to bring it back for temporary purposes, and it's still kind of running. You know, they needed, I think they really do need to do something with that.
0: Okay, so you're you're just agreeing that Captain EO is is what should go. Um, well, I, you know I'm going to toss out another one here, and and I think that um, this is an attraction that, for the short term, maybe there's a tweak you could do here or there, but but long term, uh, really just ne- just needs to go, and and that same story can be told somewhere else. A- and I know that it's got some followers nostalgically, but universe of energy just needs to go. Um, you know, in my opinion, first of all, it's a misnomer. It's not really an attraction about the universe of energy. It's an attraction about petroleum. And of all of the power sources that are there to talk about, petroleum is the one that probably needs to have the least amount of focus compared to you know, what really belongs in a forward-looking future world attraction. Uh, And it just seems to me that, that, you know, there's only so much you can do to renovate an attraction that's built around huge animatronic dinosaurs when you're talking about energy.
3: I was leaning toward a universe energy myself Aaron. I kind of agree with your take on that. I think if I was to remove one, I do not have any love for... uh, mission space <laughs> i know it's a thrill ride that a lot of people love but uh, that would be the one i would remove
0: okay but are you removing it just because you don't like it, it, it help me understand why why would you remove it why and and, this- I, and i have <laughs> to push you it because it's my daughter's favorite ride oh no <laughs>
3: i'm sorry the orange uh, or the green
0: it's okay i mean she might hold it against you but but you know make your case lawyer
3: i guess my case would be that that the that is the least I I would say family oriented ride because even though your young daughter does love it, not all kids can ride it, and that is kind of a, a Walt thing that I have against it.
0: <laughs> okay, so that 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 idea that you know, and I, and I think maybe it's especially true in Epcot that the family can't enjoy it together. Um, and you know, even if a family could stand the spinning together it is one of those rare attractions where you really are sort of individually isolated from the people around you while you're enjoying the attraction
3: that and can't get some some members of the family to ride it with you
0: <laughs> okay okay fair enough fair enough all right. all right so so far we've said that that moving forward with apcot would require getting rid of uh, Universe of Energy, Captain EO, and Mission Space. Anybody have an, a, a feeling that there's a, a restaurant that just needs to go? I mean, I, I don't know that I'm prepared to say that it, that it has to go, but I, I do wonder whether there could be something done about Electric Umbrella. And And maybe this belongs in the next section. Maybe this will be sort of our bridge to it, but maybe there's something that can be done that's a major renovation or something. But it seems to me that there must be something just environmentally about the location of electric umbrella that makes it. Uh, I'm at a loss for words. Everybody <laughs> know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah. Cause I, cause we ate there back in October and, and it just, it didn't fit. Maybe it was, it was the, the type of food for the place. I don't know what it was.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and even I keep trying to avoid saying it, but it, it tends to develop an odor.
1: <laughs> yeah, I could see that.
0: And I don't know what why it does that. I mean, I'm sure that if it was something that that could be fixed because I've heard other people say it, I, I'm sure that if it's something that could be fixed, they would have figured out how to fix it by now. But it must it's just like it, it's in, you know, the right place in the park to catch a particular crosswind or something. And it just kind of makes it a little unpleasant to eat there. But by the same token, they've got to have a restaurant on that side of the park because there's really nothing else.
1: No, there's just a bunch of walk-ups on that side.
0: So, all right. Well, we'll come back to that maybe because I, I do want to keep us kind of moving along and, and I think that the discussion tends to, to get a little bit sort of uh, more extensive with each each kind of level that we approach um, because the, the next topic then would be what in Epcot, and we don't have to limit ourselves to Future World, we, we have so far, but, you know, remember, we've got another half of the park here uh, in the World Showcase. What needs a major refurb long-term? And when I say major refurb, I'm talking something, you know, not just... Kind of buffing up the animatronics or uh, you know maybe having a new narrator but but really a a major overhaul on the order of a you know star tours to star tours to the adventure continues, or you know the the major renovations they did in pirates after the the movies came out that kind of big renovation
2: you know i I, I really think that they could do a lot more with the living seas um you know you get on that ride you go through the through the you know the path and it just doesn't seem like there's a lot there and it seems like there's it just seems to me like there's so much more that could be done with that
0: so give us some ideas what kinds of things would you like to see them do with it maybe you know give it some more
2: some more views of the fish or Or, uh, you know, take us through a tunnel that goes underneath the tanks even.
0: I was just thinking the exact same thing. You know, I I, I know that um, in the last year or so, they've had to do some major work to clean out those tanks. Um, And, you know, it's one of those things. That tank has now been in place for, what, 20 years? Am I about right there?
1: At least. Yeah.
0: And I don't know that there are, I mean, it's the biggest one of its kind, right? Nobody else has done a tank that side. So nobody has seen how those kinds of tanks, you know, will continue to work long-term. And I know that there's some concern that, that, that those tanks, you know, are going to have to be replaced. And it really does seem like that's a good opportunity to do a major kind of refurb where we we really start from scratch and you know maybe they have to do it in segments so that they're they can you know kind of shuffle the the marine life there around to different sections of the tank maybe that's part of what they need to do in the refurb is make the ref, refurbished attraction a little more modular so that they can more easily seal off sections and replace them
2: well you know i i remember going to to SeaWorld in, for high school, and, you know, that was one of the coolest things there, you know, and, and if they are going to kind of compete with a fish tank, you know, that was one of the cool things I remember at SeaWorld, so, you know, it, I really think if they did like a tunnel through it, even if it's just a walkthrough, you know, underneath the tanks, I, I think that would be a lot, a lot of an addition to it, instead of just walking around the outside of them like they have now.
1: Well, one thing that's interesting too—it's the same exact show as they have out in Disneyland, but Disneyland—they're putting you in the the, the old Nautilus submarines and, and taking you around through that, and so that's that's kind of a neat part of it as well that they have out in Disneyland. And I don't know if they could incorporate that. I mean, that would be a major, massive overhaul, but something along those lines would be that—that'd be some more seeing.
0: Well, you know, they've done uh, in in previous iterations of the Living Seas um, somewhat similar uh, ride vehicles. You know, they had the, um, I'm trying to remember what they were called, the hydrolators that used um, the, uh, the illusion of going underwater to take you through part of the attraction and they replaced those. um, I think primarily because they tended to um, be a bottleneck, you know, they were slow, but if you can find a way to more efficiently move people through, um, I agree. I mean, I think getting people that experience of going really into the water with the, the sea life that you'd see there is a much more powerful message and allows them to tell the story better. Um, One other thing that I would say about about living seas and and this whole concept, and this one just struck me because um, I noticed it in trying to do some some photography while we were um, on our cruise. And that is, it would be really neat if they set up some kind of system where you could take underwater pictures while enjoying the attraction because if you ever tried to take pictures of what's in those tanks it flashes right back at you yeah you get nothing <laughs> yeah so it seems to me it would be relatively easy to set up you know a few dozen just like all you would need is is uh, um kind of a remote camera so you you plug your own your own sd card into a little slot you know and point and shoot I mean, they don't have to be the best cameras in the world. You'd still get a really cool picture that you couldn't get otherwise.
1: Yeah, all sponsored by Kodak or somebody. Yeah.
0: Exactly, or SanDisk or, yeah. you know, whoever makes the, the cards. Yeah. All right, so that's the Living Seas. anybody else have any major refurb projects that they think would, uh, you know, help to to carry Epcot forward going down the road?
3: I think we need to do something with the Imagination Pavilion. Um my thoughts would be to bring back the dream finder I really miss the uh, old uh, dream finder and figment combo they worked well together and I I mean I've never seen a line at that for that attraction since version 2 or 3 started there I was fortunate enough to see it when I was little uh, version 1 and I, I I would like to Bring back the Dreamfinder, and not necessarily the redo the version one, but maybe a maybe a version 1.2.
0: <laughs> sure. No, I, I hear what you're saying, and and it seems to me again this is a great example of you know you got all of this new uh, animation talent that's become part of the Disney family now that that Pixar's come on board and it just seems to me that there there would be some way to meld that traditional you know animation and and imagineering sense with some of the computer graphics stuff that that the Pixar folks bring to the table and really reinvigorate that imagination uh, pavilion because you know there's they've also completely removed all of the pre and post show you know sponsored by Kodak stuff now that Kodak doesn't really exist
2: well you know that's that's something I noticed too when we wrote on it last time is you get off the ride and it seems like they've got like three things after the ride that you can do and that's it I think they really need to add something to that too to give it more um, more things to kind of trigger the imagination and more things to do for for the kids instead of just design a figment and that little dance area and the music area. I think they need to add to that. I
3: think they need to open up the upstairs and put a restaurant up there.
0: Now that's an interesting thought, you know, okay, now you got me thinking blue sky. All right. All right. Because, um, I have to refer to it again. I just got off the Disney fantasy a few days ago and the new show in the animators palette restaurant on the Disney fantasy is stunningly amazing, because what they do is they have, when you first sit down, they give you a placemat that has sort of a, the outline of, a very very loose outline of a, a human-type figure, and they give you markers, and the only rule is you have to draw within the, the broad outlines of that human figure. Then they collect those up at the beginning of the meal, And now it takes some time now because this is the first generation of it. But, hey, we get to look 25 years down the road, 20 years down the road. The tech's going to get better. They collect those up. And at the end of dinner, there is a show on these big screens that are all around the restaurant. And the things that all of the guests at dinner have drawn are animated. And integrated in with Disney characters. And they dance to music. And they spin around and interact. And it is mind blowing. So, what if you put a version of that animator's palette restaurant in the Imagination Pavilion upstairs?
1: That'd be perfect. I don't see why not.
0: All right. You heard us, Imagineers. Get it done. Tell you, we probably have a more popular restaurant than uh, La Cellier all of a sudden. Yay. Anybody else have a major refurb that needs to happen at Epcot? Well, this
1: might not be major, but I'd like to see somebody just take a, uh, I don't know, like a uh, some a can of spray can or something to the uh, film at uh, Soren and clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or say, take something to the lens and just clean it up because it's so dirty. And it's just awful.
0: Yeah, that one is a frustrating one because it's really a basic maintenance issue. And I, I believe, if I remember correctly, the version of Thorin that is in uh, Disney's California Adventure is now using digital projection so that they don't have these problems.
1: Right, right.
0: Um, and it just seems a little odd that it's been digital projection at at dca for at least two or three years now um and we're still working with you know a filthy film
1: and and do you think there'd be something more pertinent that you know people on the east coast would like to see maybe soaring over florida or or, i don't know
0: somewhere well actually this was my major refurb idea Um, And it's been brought up before in other contexts, but what I would really like to see is I would like to see the same Soarin' attraction, but I would like to see it have, I'd like to see two things combined. Number one, I think it should be instead of Soarin' over California, which is what we have now, really, even though they dropped the over California part when they moved the film to Florida, I think we should have Soarin' over America and they should do the same sort of you know same kinds of scenes but all over the country and you know highlighting different elements of them that are important all around the, the united states so we get you know um, maybe a, a, a loop around the statue of liberty and we get um, the the uh, you know mount rushmore And, you know, the open farm fields of of the Midwest and, you know, get that kind of long view and then come into the stream, into a stream or something and, and really kind of spread it out. And then the best part is if you, if you do it like that, nice and broad, you've got more scenes than you can use in a single ride, right? So you mix and match.
1: Yeah, totally, and, and it's and it's patriotic, which goes back to you know kind of waltz some of his dreams anyway. You know, it's American. exactly,
0: exactly, yeah. and and so now you have a combination. Not only do you have a new film, but you've got awesome rewritability, because in any given ride, you get you know uh, whatever eight or ten of forty or fifty scenes. And you could spend an entire vacation riding Soren and not see them all. And, you know, maybe that's too pie in the sky because, you know, there are too many. Yes, yes, Jason, I know, like Star Tours. Uh, and yes, that same idea came up uh, a little bit last week with uh, actually, or last uh, last time we talked about um, this Blue Sky stuff with, with Nathan's idea. But, um, you know, I think rewritability becomes more and more important as return guests become more and more important to the company and and for those um, signature attractions like Sorin, um, I think it's it gets harder and harder to convince guests that they should be coming back uh, you know and and experiencing it again and and really letting them have a, a new experience each time all right, so now we get to the real kind of, you know, last step of blue sky, and that is you get your opportunity to create something new out of nothing, budget be damned, you know, we'll find a sponsor somewhere to pay for it, don't worry about the money, Um, you know, so what if it defies the laws of gravity, we'll find an Imagineer to fix that. How do you make it work? You know, how you make it work isn't for now to, to determine, but what what something brand new, and it can be an attraction, it can be a show, it can be a restaurant, belongs in Epcot.
1: Uh, for me, I would like to see over on the World Showcase between, you know, there's a big chunk there between Germany and uh, China, China, yeah, um, a new piece of the world. And, you know, I've heard thoughts of, some people would like to see something like South America or or see Russia. And, but uh, one thing I'd like to see is Australia. For, for, I don't know, for some reason, it's just one piece of the world that just I'm enamored by. I mean, they have so many different types of animals, and I don't know if they could showcase that somehow. But and there's so much to offer from that little, you know, island down there. And I, I think that would be a neat addition over there somehow. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe a small zoo, you know, they could even have a platypus there and Hey, name them Perry, <laughs> you know, and you, a couple kangaroos, koalas and some dingoes, who knows, you know, just, or just, I think Australia just has so much to offer that that'd be great. And, you know, and you look around the whole showcase. There's there's nothing really from the, the southern hemisphere, you know, of the world, and so that that's something that would just be nice to to see, and just something else, you know. Sure. I think it'd be a big draw too.
0: Sure, sure, yeah. And I think it is important to notice that that right now, you know, the entire world showcase really only reflects the the northern hemisphere. Well, I, I'm going to suggest one thing, and, and that is that. I think Epcot needs some sort of uh, north-south transportation. There needs to be something like a people mover that can actually take you from future world to World Showcase and back. Um, Because especially for you know, families with one with younger kids, you know, a lot of people say, oh, Epcot's not really for younger kids. There's not things for them to, to appreciate there. My opinion is that there's plenty for young kids to appreciate. But what, what makes it difficult is that Epcot's just so huge and so spread out that by the time you get young kids all the way across the park to World Showcase, they're exhausted already. Um, and so, you know, there's there's got to be a way to move people from one end of the park to the other in a way that that allows them to experience something that's you know interesting and new and and you know people mover is old technology but but maybe you can find a new way to implement it um you know a new power source for it some other some way to make it um you know unique and interesting but would serve the purpose of helping to distribute the crowd better between, you know, the, the North and South ends of the park and also give people the, the ability to experience all of that park. Um, Because right now, you know, it, it has to be two days, I think, to really experience all of Epcot. And it'd probably still be two days to, to experience everything, but you wouldn't be wiped out completely and need a day off afterwards.
3: How many of y'all have seen uh, Walt's original spiel for Epcot the project?
0: Yeah, I've seen it.
3: I'm thinking that, uh, and we've all seen the little model on the People Mover in Tomorrowland at the Magic Kingdom. I would like to see his full vision on a grander scale in a like like a, an exhibit in a pavilion and. I was thinking of maybe putting over where the uh, old Wonders of Life pavilion was.
0: So like a a big scale model, like virtual reality, 3D holographic model kind of thing?
3: Yes, and you know how, how they have all the interactive cues now. They can do all kinds of interactive elements with this thing. And I, you know... I'm not sure how popular this idea would be, but uh, you know, for Disney buffs, it would just be, you know, I'd be giddy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I like the idea and, and actually I'm going to piggyback on it a little bit and say that another thing that I would love to see, a, see happen in Epcot and, and I'm going to hear, I'm probably going to get some blowback for suggesting this one. It's actually come up a little bit, um, been suggested a little bit uh, I think really more for for uh, Disneyland's Tomorrowland I think is what I've heard it come up for but I would like to see them just bulldoze Interventions the way it is now build a single large pavilion that kind of spans where Interventions is now you know now how it's kind of divided in half but when they rebuild it do it as the Stark Exposition Hall from Iron Man 2. (laughs) And it allows, it it would be a place to appropriately kind of fold in the new Marvel properties that belong to Disney. And, you know, they don't have to be in your face, but it can really focus on, you know, new technology. And you know, forward-looking, um, experimental kinds of things. You know, we we see some of that in interventions now, but it seems to me, as much as I enjoy interventions, it just seems to me to be very disjointed. And so this would give it sort of a unifying theme, and it's a unifying theme that really kind of fits with Disney which is, you know, Stark Expo is based on a World's Fair concept, which was certainly near and dear to Walt's heart.
1: No, I like that. And and of all parks, that makes the most sense there, too, you know, because it wouldn't be infringing on the the Disney characters as much and all that. It would be, you know, that Marvel
0: type of uh, thing
1: going on there. I like it.
0: Okay, so, Nate, are you biting your tongue so you don't bite my head off? No, 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 no! I like that. Idea. But I was afraid that that one was gonna gonna make the uh, traditionalist cranky.
3: No, I'm not a traditionalist. I just like Walt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, see, yeah, and I think we all do. And 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 really, what we're trying to do, and and we talk about these blue sky elements is, or these blue sky episodes, is to talk about, you know keeping keeping the vision of what what walt seemed to be trying to do with the development of the florida project but allowing the kind of the individual elements of the parks to move forward um you know, I, I hate to get into these, these discussions of what Walt would have wanted because, frankly, none of us know. And we can pull out quotes that say one thing, we can pull out quotes that say the other thing. And the bottom line is that you know, Walt was an eclectic genius who wanted what he wanted when he wanted it, and sometimes that changed. Um, but there is certainly um, a pattern, I think, that, um, you know, there's an overall vision that he he had for what these theme parks um, should be and could be, and also a a constant thirst for uh, innovation and pushing both the limits of creativity and technology to make something really wonderful and unique and that would make guests say, wow. So, hopefully that's the kinds of things that we're talking about. Well... You know, you've heard what we think. We'd love to hear from you and hear what you think. You can email us at podcast at disdads.com. Visit our website, disdads.com. Tweet us at disdadspodcast on Twitter. Or participate in the discussions on the new forums at boards.disdads.com. Until next time, this is Aaron Rittmaster with Dave Compton. Bye, all. Jason Knox. See you next time. And Nathan Trent. Thanks for listening. Brought to you by
2: Fairytale Journeys, an authorized Disney travel planner. Let us help you put together your next magical Disney vacation. Find us at fairytalejourneys.com. Let us sweat the details so you don't have to.
0: This has been a Wizard of Oz production.